Hey guys, welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. I'm Lily and I have with me... Chase, what's up guys? And we are a paranormal horror podcast that we like to scare each other with very scary stories. And today, because it's the first episode of the month, we're going to be playing a drinking game as promised. So, we have a few rules... And there are many, many rules. So we're going to try to figure out how to... You know what? What we're going to do is we're going to post these rules. I'm not going to name every single one off. On, as an image on Instagram or Twitter. Oh, right, right, right. So if you follow us, this is going to be a lot easier. If not, then Godspeed, because you're going to be very confused. But it's not that confusing. It's just like stuff that we do all the time, or rather talk about. It's and like any movie drinking. Game. Every single time something is mentioned, we're just going to take a sip of a drink. And we also have something that's called the spinning wheel. So each side, Chase. when Chase tells me a story, it's going to be about usually aliens or some sort of island horror story, and mine tend to be everything in between. So what's my wheel called? Your wheel is called, we just going to spin this wheel. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to spin the wheel, and it's going to land on something, and the wheel will tell us whether we take a shot Whereas the other rules are just sips between our stories. And don't worry if you can't read what the rule is on our social media. We're going to, again, we're going to shout out when one of the rules is violated. Exactly. So you'll know if you want to drink along You'll learn along the way. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So we also have, and we'll get to at the end of the stories, another special chance to get each other to drink a shot. Absolutely. So, it's your turn to spin the wheel because I'm telling the story. All right. So, time to spin it. All right. It landed on witches. Does your story have witches in it? Oh, my God. It's probably, like, the only thing that it doesn't have. Perfect. I just (laughs) saved myself from taking a shot. You do not have to take a shot. All right. That's okay, though, because mine probably has everything else. I'm, I'm shocked it didn't have witches, actually, at the end. Real quick before we start, we're both drinking pale ales, and we got a bottle of Pusser's Rum. (laughs) What we're going to be sipping on when inevitably we fuck up. So, cheers. Cheers. All right. So, for my story for today, it's Povelia Island in Italy. Do you know where that is? No. Not even a little bit. So, it's just off the coast of Venice. It's between Venice and Lido. Okay. Yeah. Way Uh, up north. Right, yes. And so it is actually an island that is currently abandoned, but it has so much history. Wait a minute. Uh Uh-oh. There it is. (laughs) All right. So I'm reminded, was this either A, a prison, B, an insane asylum, or C, where they kept like lepers or something? Okay, so definitely B and a little bit of C, but you're wrong. It's not leprosy, but it's the plague. It was like an illness. Oh, plague island. Yeah, there we yeah. go. I, okay, so I don't know the specifics, but it sounded familiar. All right, roll on. I shall. So it is not the biggest island, although it is part of multiple islands, so it's not like the only island out there. There's just a few other ones, but this sure. one's like the main one, I guess. It is about 17.5 acres, so it's really not that big, I think, right? I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, you, it's you're still, allowed... I, I mean, I'd love to own a 17.5 Oh, right. So I'm like, I'm saying, like, oh, it's not, like, tiny, obviously, but it's... it's. I can't fit all my Porsches on <laughs> All my Porsches. Exactly. Same. So I'm going to have a, quite a bit of history here. It's, But, however, I will say that this history is equally terrifying because... 
holy shit, humans are scary. Okay. So here we go. Um, so in 421, that was probably around where they first had the first records of people living there. However, it, sure. there is other records suggesting that 2,000 years before that, people were inhabiting the island. But I think 421 is really the time where uh, it was thriving quite a bit and people were actually making a life there and living. And that was particularly the reason is because of the... They were trying to evade the barbarian invasion of the Roman Empire at the time. Just on a little while. Yeah, so they were kind of like... It was easy to defend and they were kind of um, just on their own. It was part of the mainland government but they were kind of governing themselves. Sure. A little more difficult to enforce on an island. Right. So that's why there were a lot of people living there at the time. However, by 1379, the island became mostly abandoned. The government took over the island again because it became a uh, naval port. So anything that kind of came in and out of the mainland, like Venice or whatever port that they were going into, went through the island first. Went through the island first. All right. Yeah. It's important to note also around the 1300s that the plague was very prevalent in the area as well. So that was also another another reason why they were kind of like trying to check things and making sure everything's okay. Knowing uh, the history of sanitation and everything, things were kind of like up in the air how that was handled. So... I don't think it was ever good. Right. <laughs> they certainly did not have a good handle on it, nor did they really understand it as well as obviously we do today, which sure. is like another... Uh, a whole nother section of life. Like I said, since it was like a an area where ships were coming in and out, it wasn't until around 1570 that the plague basically made another fucking comeback and really, really went through Venice again. Like um, Italy and that region was having it was getting hit hard again, and it was because. Pasta place drink. No. <laughs> I literally was like going off by memory and then I looked down I was like I should probably check my notes okay drink okay where was I yes 1570-ish um the plague is back and I'd also like to point it's being out in a comeback. you and me have both been to Italy so we have to drink oh that was another rule right like yeah. it was a that's one of the rules if we've been there so drink but we've never been to Venice I guess that's just the city no we, we, we just said the country mm. Because if it's city, we're never right. going to drink. That's true. Because, I mean, seriously. There's a lot more of them than there are countries. Yep. All right. Please tell me it was orbs so we is can that- drink again. <laughs> so an orb told me that the plague is bad. <laughs> plague is by orbs. All right. Plague keep by going. orbs. Uh, well, they are brown and bulbous. Okay. No. Ew. In- <laughs> And uh, we're just going to jump in the future now because I feel like we need to move on. In 1776, the island, now they were really, really stopping everyone and actually checking and kind of like making them basically just making sure that people weren't sick. Because at that time, I would say that Europe has basically lost 40% of their population because of the plague. And they're just like, okay, we're good. Like, (laughs) we're going to really check this one out. Um so again, um, at this time, they discovered, now when they were really taking it seriously, two ships were carrying the plague that came through. Now, when this happened, uh, they started to do a quarantine. So they found this out immediately, which is the nice thing. However, they were already anticipating a lot of people to be sick because, again, the plague just likes to show up every one a few hundred years apparently and so uh when they did this it led the government into doing a quarantine 
And really cool fact, if people don't know this already, the word quarantine comes from the Italian word quarantena, which means 40 days in Italian. This was the 40 days of isolation that was required from newcomers from entering into the mainland, hence the word quarantine. Wasn't that how long Josh Hartnett tried to go without, uh, you know, taking care of himself in that one movie? Wasn't it like 49? <laughs> His or dick was in quarantine. And yeah. so- <laughs> <laughs> quarantine this dick. Was it? Oh my God. <laughs> um, what is that movie called? I don't know. Something like that, though. I was just thinking. 40 the days. worst ever. Um... It's a long uh, time. Yeah, it is a long time. It's kind of cool. And uh, so thank you, Italy, for that word. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that word has ever been a good word. Oh, right. I'd That's, say now more than ever, right? But like, well, yeah. So I mean, any it's, cool. it's, it's a cool origin, but at the same time, it's like it's not like, a great word. Oh, cool. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm sure they did too, because it was not the best situation for anyone, especially it wasn't like... I mean, COVID sucks for sure, but it certainly was no no plague. Um, well, and, and back then the quarantine wasn't uh, stay away from people and doctors will be there. It's just stay away from people. So if you die, you die and don't kill other people. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, it's pretty sad. The situation, they were slightly accommodating in the sense that, and this was initially when they started doing this whole system, they were like, well, we have to have housing for people, like people who are coming in. Sure. Um, you know, some, well, some, some sort of accommodations. You know, they're not like, literally outside and you're like waiting for 40 days sure so there's like food or whatever that's being shipped into the island however classic plague things get a little out of hand a lot of people get sick and soon the system becomes pretty deteriorated and um, pretty awful conditions start to start to emerge so specifically like let's just say you got the 40 days and you, you did your quarantine time if they decided that you were healthy you can go back like you can come in into the mainland but if you exhibited any kind of symptoms They'd or you or you got sick while you were waiting, which is uh, very common because it's not like now they weren't there was quarantine, but they didn't all just stay inside. You know what I'm saying? They're like, all around each and other. Right. Everyone yeah. was very, was very condensed. There's a lot of people going on. So the chances of you, even though you weren't sick and you had to wait the 40 days, the chances of you getting sick while you were there was very, very high. And because of this, of course, this leads to a lot of dead bodies. People are like, oh, okay, well... They just buried everyone on the island? Just, like, picture this. You just got in, and you're like, I guess I got a quarantine for 40 days. And then you see a big old boat of sick people that they're forcing on the island or dead bodies that they're trying to... They're planning on taking there and burying in a pit and then burning. So now you are surrounded by death, forcefully. Smelling dead people. Smelling burning. dead people. And it's a really, really horrific situation. Um, yeah, good times, good times. It's kind of like they're putting the sick with the rest of the sick. And well, all, I'm like, saying, <laughs> all, all I'm hearing is how could this island not it's be haunted? It's so not haunted at all. Trust me, it's, it's got a really good ending, as you can guess. Um, yeah, so it's a really tough situation for everyone. And I, I think like just so I can remind anyone if, if they're curious or maybe they've forgotten about what the symptoms for the bubonic plague was. So if you're on the mainland and you exhibited any of these symptoms, they would have forced you on this island. So you kind of didn't have a choice. You are basically shipped off to die. Um, The symptoms initial are just a fever, a headache, joint aches, nausea, vomiting, 
general discomfort and of course the buboes but um, those didn't come till much later but for precaution's sake if you had any of the previous symptoms which are very just general like yeah, you have a hangover. I'm sick. like, you have half of yeah. those. So general illness, it sounds <laughs> exactly. Like. And so, like, they're like, well, off to the island with you, and that's just basically how it worked out. And unfortunately, they were sending a lot of people to their deaths. Granted, were these people probably actually sick from the plague? Yeah, very likely. It's very contagious, and it uh, had like a 90% mortality rate. So definitely not a really good scenario. It's it, precaution to the extreme, right? Yeah. Um. So anyway, discussing like how I was talking about, um, you know, like the the whole sanitation and like what their perspective was. Sure. Um, do you remember the creepy masks, the really long ones, elongated nose, uh, the what the doctors wore? Oh, yeah. The plague masks. The plague masks. Yeah. I think that's what they're called, right? Um, what I didn't really realize. So I knew that they put flowers and herbs and so stuff like that better. so it smelled better but i didn't know that they actually lit those on fire too i didn't either yeah so apparently uh some masks did that like they would have like an area kind of like a pipe is how i imagine what mm. was happening and i mean maybe i don't know if there were like special ones but apparently like it was an optional thing to light it on fire and the fumes from the herbs and the flowers also kind of extra blocked the sickness, which is silly because that's not how it worked, but at the same time. Um, yeah, I have no idea what the mechanism they were using was, but yeah. I guess if it was like, but if, if it what wor- they're breathing through went through really hot air, you could kill stuff, I guess, but how would you perpetuate the heat? I have no idea. But they also just thought like nice smelling flowers would do the trick. In, you know what I'm saying? Like just guess like you potpourri. Pack them in real tight, you're kind of creating a filter. Kind of like a mask. You're right. So they weren't like wrong, but they didn't have to use flowers either. So I, you know, it's just like a, a little different. And also, uh, I think lice was really the the main vector for the plague anyway. So here we go. Lice and fleas, right? I think so. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, just any scenario they can think of of what these people were going through at the time was horrific. They were being ripped from their families. They were being shipped to an island that they had no ties or connections to, really, um, by these creepy face mask doctors and then telling you, you have to stay here um, until you feel better or you die. And most of the time, people died. It is estimated that about 160,000 people died on the island, and these bodies were burned most of the time it's kind of how it did they did dig holes in pits and try to bury them but at some point there was just so many bodies that they were burning them yeah 17 acres is not a lot of space for that many people and so the island is consisted of 50 percent human ash and 50 percent dirt is the estimation of the composition are you serious yeah i don't know how they call that estimation (laughs) Oh, the I think idea, they tested the, the ground. But the idea that the the ground on the island is fifty percent human ash is it's disgusting. So gross. That's and horrifying. I, and what I'm going to tell you next is going to be amazing. Do plants grow really well in it or something? It's very fertile. Mm. In fact, it, it contains some of the most thriving vineyards in Italy. On Wait, that vineyards? Yep, there's people that work there. So. Technically, um, I'll go into this a little later more, but the island itself is prohibited. It's li- it's technically illegal to go on there, but um, there's people who work on the island, uh, the vineyards in particular, and if you pay a guy with a boat enough money, they'll take you there as well. So it's like illegal, but people still but go there. what are they doing with the 
grapes from the vineyards. Well, it's a vineyard. You're saying they actually make wine? That's what I'm saying. That's disgusting. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> I don't know. Those are, this is my assumption. I don't, I don't know the brands that profit or uh, trying to make their wine out of it. So who knows? Maybe we've had human wine. We have not had human wine. <laughs> That's disgusting. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, uh, so it wasn't until 1814 that this entire quarantine kind of system uh, where people were going there for the plague. And yes, 1814. It feels like, I know that was like a long time ago, but it kind of is a little it's close really to home. That. Right. So when people were still on the island uh, suffering, and then it wasn't until the late 1800s that they built an insane asylum. <sighs> you gotta take a you drink. Gotta drink. This story has <laughs> insane asylum means you gotta Cheers. drink. Yep. I mean, you already have an island that's fifty percent human meat, so you might as well <laughs> you put might all as the well. crazy people there. You might as well uh, also torture crazy people. And incredibly not surprising, the conditions were atrocious, and the facility itself wasn't. Wait, you mean it wasn't a five-star resort? It was not a five-star resort, from what I understand. Um, in fact, it was more of a dumping ground than a rehabilitation center. Unfortunately, that's just how it was. Hmm. Everywhere. And this island was no exception. If that wasn't bad enough, um, there was also a doctor that worked there, and he basically ran a ward and also performed a lot of the experimental of course procedures for none of it was none of it could have been i want to help these this was never for helpful helpfulness in fact um (laughs) in fact a lot of the things that he did perform were ones that were how should i say popular at the time like lobotomies uh electroshock therapy Water baths, uh, things like that. I think I've talked about that. Possibly sewing other people to other people. (laughs) Probably. You know, you never know. Seeing a guy with three heads. Yeah, all the the normal stuff. Yes, but this doctor in particular had a a very sick mind because he actually had... So they had the the areas in which you perform these procedures, right? Like they had like the, the... Operating rooms, right, like the rooms specifically meant for this. However, a lot of times he would take some patients into the bell tower, which wasn't necessarily a place where you would have performed some of these things, and he would perform his more experimental things man even so his this sick guy, stuff doesn't he's it got wasn't like enough tears. it was not enough i don't even know um there was not a lot of details on what these things were but he said that they were basically just human torture and five so. bucks says he's one of the guys haunting the island <laughs> oh i'll get to that um yeah so what i'm trying to say is this is just like the worst and Definitely, if there was ever going to be some bad energy, it would certainly have come from this psycho, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Most of the patients that were in the care of the facility died, um, in particular whenever there was like some sort of procedure performed, Mm. of course, other than just living there and malnourished, probably. If it wasn't because you were starving, it was probably because there was an experiment performed on you. Yeah, exactly. So, um, not surprisingly... um, only a few years after, when I say a few years, I mean like maybe 30 years within this facility functioning, a lot of the patients started complaining that they were having 
ghosts or like hearing things and and i understand it took, it took 30 years to get well there. no no no. but it took 30 years as in like enough of these rumors are going around enough of something was happening and it was also getting the attention of the staff because they were experiencing now paranormal hauntings and things like that like they would hear screaming down the hallway it became widespread and right even though there was no one down there gotcha. uh people in their room said that i swear there was someone in here and then like i'm seeing shadows i'm seeing this and it's not just the patients now because i understand the situation and arguably you're like well i thought they were crazy and i'm like well they're not all crazy the same way. You know, well, just because you're quote-unquote crazy doesn't mean you see things. Doesn't mean this. Well, and judging could, by it, the ethics going on here, plenty of those people probably were 100% they were, fine. They're probably just literally fine. Some of them are probably just women who were like a little rambunctious and they're like, she clearly is insane. Away with you to the asylum. <laughs> Away. Yeah. And so um, that's just like my best bet. I mean, that's just like a really good way of getting rid of people they didn't like. So, um, but yeah, like... Besides from the horribleness of the humans, they were now finally... I feel like it came full circle. Like, anybody who was being tortured or um, died there, unfortunately, on the island, are now coming back and haunting the people that are there for other reasons. And Mm. so it's just kind of like a double whammy, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're, Mm -hmm. like, on this island already, and you're like, wow, this sucks. And they're like, also, ghost, oh, shit, this sucks harder. Like, (laughs) it's, like, the worst ever. Um... Can't catch a break on the island. Cannot catch a break. Not at all. So back to the doctor, like I was talking about. Um, I think like almost every single article slash video I researched for this story always said the same thing about the doctor, like What's the that? crazy doctor. Allegedly, the ghost started to haunt him, haunt the doctor. Good. And yeah, he was very specifically targeted. And at some point... He was unable to handle it, kind of went a little, not not saying he wasn't already fucking crazy before, but... This might have tipped him over the edge? Yeah, but this, like, made him suicidal because he climbed up to the top of the bell tower and jumped off. However, there's a rumor that a lot of people say the doctor, when he landed, he was still alive. Ah, hopefully um, in a lot of pain. Oh, I, I guarantee you that was definitely a thing. Um, he still ended up dying because people say that a mist formed around him. <laughs> and as he was lying there, the mist was like choking him. And so a lot of people think it was ghosts. I'm saying it's probably just human ash that like poofed around him. But who knows? Um, point I'm going gonna, gonna to qualify this as 100% <laughs> likely and probable. My, human ghost. All I have to ghost say mist. is he definitely got his... Um, Comeuppance. He definitely got his comeuppance. Eventually, the insane asylum became abandoned. Of course, I think at some point they were like, oh, wait, this is probably not cool. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't be here. Around the 1960s. And it wasn't until 2014. By the way, I'm just going to say that was a supernatural death, which means we have to take a drink. Oh, that was a supernatural death. I mean, it was probably just him committing suicide, but even if it wasn't <laughs> and there was really ghost mist, there was that's ghost a mist. supernatural death. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, like I said, in 1960s, the hospital closed and there was like this pretty significant, well, a few decades, a gap of nothingness. Like, people did not live on the island. Nothing happened there. Sure. Um, And it wasn't until 2014 that the Italian state decided to auction off a 99-year lease of Povelia. And then this guy, this business guy, uh, his name was Luigi Brugnaro. 
Uh, oh, Charles <laughs> pronouncing a name. Take a drink. I, just, I was like, God damn it, I already know. Anyway, Luigi. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> he put a bid on the island for 513,000 euros, which today would be like 603,472 dollars. Exactly. So, I mean, well, like 100,000, but like. <laughs> it's a lot of chatter. Yeah. Um, Luigi actually also planned on investing about 20 million euros into restorations. So he would have, um, I think, I don't know if he wanted to build a hotel or like what his intentions were, but, but they he were, definitely want to restore that and say something. Something, but it didn't really matter because I guess like there were some, some rules associated with the lease that he was purchasing and it wasn't abiding or like any kind of, like he was kind of ignoring a lot of the, sure, the requirements. Yeah. And so he was like, no. And then there, and then the government was like, well, no. So, nothing ever happened and the island still remains basically vacant um there were a few other attempts for ownership but those pretty much fell through. To stay there's like, like a lot of people who apparently tried yeah the 50 percent <clears throat> man hotel <laughs> here's my property it's 50 human yeah it's it's pretty weird um, oh you called the half human hotel i like it the half human hotel the hhh okay all right <laughs> that's the worst this is never a good idea. <laughs> um, yes. So, today, the locals refused to go on the island. And I, I think from what I understand, it's, like I said, it was it's illegal. However, people still go on there. Like, I've seen videos of the island and there's a lot of graffiti. And you can tell, like, people just go on there. And it was, like, the easiest thing on the planet to bribe oh, a, someone with I a mean, boat to be like, I'll give you like a hundred euros. And they're like, fuck, you had me at 50, but let's go. I mean, so, it's illegal to be drunk in public, but how often is that broken? <laughs> so, I mean. I have not ever done that. So, you know what I mean? Legal, but not legal. Totally. Right. Understood. But if you did want to actually do this legally, uh, there is a lengthy application <laughs> or permission slip almost like to <laughs> to request from the government oh to be, please yeah it's like excuse me can i have 10 minutes to fill this form out um to be I've on got, this island i've got some great plans oh, for right it. so i think like really who's really going through the efforts that are anything like this are paranormal investigators um, there have been quite a few shows that are popular. That oh, there. show did it. Yeah. Oh, take a drink. Exactly. I was like, oh my God, here we go. <laughs> like I said, my story has everything but witches. Well, yes, the show is called Ghost Blank. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's called Ghost Ghost. Um, yes. <laughs> but they're definitely just like really popular uh, ghost hunting shows have been on there on that island and have done documentaries and just like whatever. I think if you were going to be, especially if you're a popular ghost hunting show, you definitely want permission because they're going to be like, okay, you're literally throwing this in my face. You were on the <laughs> we island. Saw you there. We have video <laughs> you evidence. You didn't even ask and you're like broadcasting it. So for sure, it's worth, it's worth asking if you're going to do that. Otherwise, if you're just like some whatever, like you didn't care, you just want to see the island, I'm sure you're fine. Another quick facts before I move on to the hauntings. I want to say the island, the islands around Povelia are the only ones I think that have been excavated or rather um, try to be built upon. They tried um, building structures on the island. Sure. And because of this, I don't know if it's because they were not aware of how, how many bodies there were on the island because everywhere they dug, there were dead bodies. And they were like, oh, shit. And so it's one of the other reasons why Povelia is not as 
build on or like restored because they're like i think anything that we try to dig there's gonna be bodies. there's just gonna be bodies spilling all over the place and so it's just very difficult because when that happens they have to call in uh, specialists archaeologists who the fuck thinks this is a good idea i don't know but people have tried that's what i'm saying and so with that um i shall also say that bones apparently often wash up to shore and uh, that's actually one of the reasons why fishermen don't actually f- fish around the area because they don't want bones getting caught in their nets. That's disgusting. It kind of is a little gross. So with that in mind, let's get into the hauntings. I mean, isn't that already everything that's haunted about I it? I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, What I else <laughs> do we need to be like, so that was just the history. Now let's get to the really messed up stuff. <laughs> Well, that's what I mean. I'm like, I think the history was scary enough. Exactly. But I have a few other things as to why All right. you should be scared, despite that there's no one on that on the island anymore. So the ghosts that are on the island tend to get pretty physical, from what I understand. It's actually one of the more aggressive uh, places that you'll experience paranormal activity. Aside from the just like the hearing disembodied voices and footsteps. You will also be pushed, choked, that's a nice one, scratched and poked, touched. I mean, like, honestly, it's... Any reports of slapping? I mean, (laughs) you know what's interesting? No one flat out said slapping, but choking. So I feel like that's just a long, long slap against your neck. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't ever become a lawyer. That's the worst. In my defense, just like a really long slap on the neck. Uh, Sorry, I didn't choke her. I just did a long, slow slap. slap. (laughs) I'll never try that defense. Um, No, but seriously, so it's very an uncomfortable situation, and a lot of people who go on the island never, ever, ever, ever want to set foot on it again. So I definitely have to go there. Anyway. Like, if you remember, what you said earlier is the doctor, the evil doctor, he is definitely the most violent ghost on the island. I knew he was going to be a ghost. How could you not be when you're that much of a dick? When you're a jerk. Yeah. So he's continually still torturing people because if you're in a situation, because it's an abandoned island, there's a lot of abandoned structures and areas that are kind of dangerous to be around. It can be kind of dangerous. You're trying to keep your balance. That's when you'll get pushed the most. He's trying to push you to your death. I think that's very reflective on how he probably died. I don't know if that's a coincidence or rather just people just assuming. But yeah, that's what that ghost will try to do. Um, People will also hear the bell tower go off, even though there hasn't been a bell on it for many, many years. Now that is creepy. Yeah, I would have, I don't know, I'd lose my mind. Many people also experience feeling sick. It's a very common thing. Like nausea, coughing, and other symptoms that are similar to the plague. Oh. Yeah. Reliving that incredibly pleasant experience. Exactly. <laughs> Could you imagine? You're like, oh my God. That's all you need to do for I eternity is just go through this again and again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those poor, poor people. It's an awful situation. And I think that's why there's just like a lot of activity. There was just terrible, terrible things happening. Uh, another common experience is smelling burning flesh. Mm. One of the senses that are most commonly affected by the paranormal is our smelling. Absolutely. So, you know, like the perfumes or things like that. But on this island, it's burning flesh. So, cool. 
Ghosts will also follow visitors. Oftentimes, they'll, like, people that are on the island, they'll turn around straight up convinced that someone was following them. Like, it's just such a common thing that it's almost unheard of that you wouldn't feel something. It's insane. Wait, so you're telling me, like, everyone gets followed out there? Like, honestly, yeah. That's just, like, one of the biggest (laughs) things. Everything that I've ever read. Kenji being such a loser, ghost doesn't even follow. He's like, I'm not going after (laughs) this one. How could you imagine? You're like, damn it. I don't want anything to do with this one. Uh, Oh, my God. You know what? I'd be fine with that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Finally being a loser worked out. Don't go after this one. It's got paint on her overalls. And- <laughs> she has a ponytail <laughs> and glasses. Um, this story came because of this one YouTube video. To be honest, I was just trying to find video of the island, but like it was just like a popular video. And these two guys go on the island, and one of them is really freaking out because he's like, he's like, the more I read about it, the more I didn't want to do it. But I already said I was going to. So blah blah blah. He kept talking about like, he's like, I just don't want my face ripped off. I just want my face ripped off. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is he so dramatic? Like no one ever talked about that. Anyway, at some point he's like, no, it's real. Like that's a real story. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure he'll tell it at some point. Nope. I watched the whole video. He didn't say nothing about it. So I had to look it up and it turns out that there was in fact a family who was trying to purchase the island or rather a piece of it. I don't know if they were trying to purchase the entire island they were uh i think just wanted to live on it so they were trying to get a piece (laughs) of the island if that makes sense and one of of the cheaper more human ground areas (laughs) jesus with my luck i still probably couldn't afford like a beachfront like (laughs) as small as the island they're like no no uh no so this this family actually did want to live on it and on the night that they were they stayed there the first night just to see how it felt and like if they were you know wanting to be where they wanted to live the family went through a lot of haunted things. In one night. In one night. They all experienced something. Things were weird. They were hearing voices. They were seeing shadows climbing on walls, which is another common thing. Um, but the worst, worst, worst thing is that their daughter was attacked by an evil spirit that caused her to get over 20 stitches on her face because, quote, her face was nearly ripped off Ew. by a ghost. In one night. In one night. So did they stay in another night? If I had to tell <laughs> let me tell you, they decided not to buy property on the island. <laughs> Imagine they're like, just yeah, keep going. They're just like, please. They definitely did not buy the island or any part of it. And the family left immediately, obviously, because they had to. Um and never returned. So now I understand what that YouTube kid was talking about. I'm like, why is his face going to get ripped off? I, <laughs> I had to look it up. I'm like, why is he freaking out? So that was another story that... So I guess they uh, dodged a bullet. I a guess. A real estate bullet. <laughs> oh, man. Think of all the people nowadays who are buying houses like rapidly because it's it's a really scary market right now. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine buying a house that's that haunted but you don't know until like... 45 days later when you close and then you like stay there one night and your face gets turned off. You're like, oh, frick. (laughs) I think that's the wrong house. That's like a lot of people's fears, I think, though. When they buy a new house, you don't know what you're really getting, especially if you're like in a non disclosed state. Like, they don't have to tell you someone died. Like, high on your worries, there's more like, oh, I'm worried it's haunted. But it's like, my face might not make it in the morning. Apparently, on this island, it's a concern, but no, in general, now I have a new fear, but no, I was not initially concerned. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently, it's something to be somewhat conscientious about um mediums have gone on the island and most of them do go they'll be there for a little while but there have been instances where mediums will get there like thinking oh yes i'll be 
I'll go on this island and it's not going to be a big deal. They can't deal. even get off the boat. Huh? They won't even get off the boat. They'll start freaking out. They'll say it's too strong. It's too much. And then the boat have to turn around. Now, speaking of boats, this is just something that I feel like if anyone wants to do this, just keep these kind of things in your mind. Aside from the human dust and million ghosts that are apparently on this island, people that take you to this island often do not want to get off the boat. So what they'll do is that they'll drop you off. They don't want to stay there. So they'll tell you we'll be we'll be back in two hours or three hours or four so you're kind of stuck at the mercy of this person that hopefully comes back and gets you and from what i understand the reception is like shit so i don't know how good the quality is if you have the number of your boat dude i mean it's just like not a good situation see at first i was thinking i was like i'm never gonna step foot on this island fuck everything about that but then i was like you know what maybe i'll be willing to be on a boat that goes around the island but the more I thought about it, I was like, no, I won't even do that. Because with my luck, and you know my luck, I always get things in my eyes. There'll be a horrible <laughs> windstorm, and then some human will get blown into my eyes. An entire human? And it will be like haunted human bits. <laughs> and then I'll go home, and as I'm like putting eye drops in my eyes, I'm going to get haunted because humans just were blown into my eyes. Put some holy water in your eyes, you'll be fine. Yeah, so I'm just saying uh, places I'm going to visit not this place okay that's fair i think i never going i want to say i want to go from the shore but i'm a this one actually kind of got me i think it's just like the dirt and the human thing that i'm going to be breathing in Mm -hmm. that might be the issue for me that might be the kicker but i don't know i think if there was a lot of people going i might go i'm like okay well yeah, but you gotta leave your shoes behind because you're gonna track that human dust into <laughs> our hotel room. Just hose me down when I get off the boat, okay? It's fine. I'll just put, put you in a hazmat suit. <laughs> That'll complete the quarantine look. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not. I'm not ever going there. I'm not, not surprised. I will. I will look at it from the shores of Italy, like like the mainland. Yeah. I'll look at it at a distance and hold my breath, probably. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think it's just because, like, also it didn't seem. It was pretty, for sure, but I feel like if I was already at Venice, I'm like, eh, I can do other stuff, probably. Like, you know what I mean? I got I got other stuff to see. I mean, it's see. pretty, but at what cost, you know? Yeah, it was pretty, but it wasn't, like, the best island on the planet or anything. You're going there because of the history and the fact that it's creepy and you're exploring something abandoned. But other than that, I don't know. It's not worth it, I think. It's no, it's no island of the dolls, let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> I can go to the Island of the Dolls. I yeah. can't go here. Right, yeah. Because this isn't just, ooh, someone thinks it's haunted. It's not just that it's haunted. It's that it literally is, like you said, mm-hmm. like half of the dirt is human. Like, mm-hmm. I can't handle that. There's still, it's, like, bones everywhere. And, like, yeah. It's I just mean, kind of. That's not story. Yeah. That's not rumor. That's real. You're, like, looking right at it. You're, like, wow, this is really in my face. Yeah, yeah I can't. For sure. I can't it's definitely that. different. Um, there's definitely a lot of hauntings that go on this island. Um, these are just the highlighted ones, but honestly, if you ask anyone, if you even go online and look at some stories on your own, you'll find people with personal experiences and they're more or less the same stories, like feeling sick and, um, and being touched are the most common, I think. Oh, and there is actually, I remember, uh, a lot of people, apparently enough for it to be a thing will hear a voice say, leave immediately and do not return. So they're constantly being told to leave, don't come back, like things like that. And so 
these ghosts are also active. So it's not like they're just there repeating sure. a moment of time. Um, a lot of them are interacting with people that are going there. And I don't know. That's just creepy to me. Someone needs to set up a webcam. <laughs> webcam I would constantly. totally, I totally watch a live stream of the island. Yeah. I would watch that. Well, how serene. <laughs> well, I'd be curious, especially at night. Yeah. I'd, I'd see that. I'd watch that. But I'm not going. I'm not even going. I'm not having. No. Hey, you can have fun on your own going with your big group because, you know, everyone with jumps, all my everyone jumps no off a bridge. You go. can join them too. You know? No one will want to go with me. I guarantee it. I, I'm, But, you know, who knows? I'll be busy getting drunk on the mainland with the humans that are still alive. <laughs> have not yet become part of the land. Ash. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's my horrifying story for you today. That was absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I'm never going there. So you have to ask me the question now. Well, you already told me. <laughs> I know, but we have to do it formally for the okay, end of the... Okay, formally I'm going to ask, would you go on this island? No. <laughs> what and why I'm did shocked. you even ask me i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> all right that means since you actually successfully creeped me out mm-hmm. this is the end of our story segment thing if she succeeds i have to take a drink and if she failed she had to take a drink but i think she succeeded and i have to Yay! totally condone that i gotta drink me some of this this rum that's right so i scared naval you. rum for an island that's right it's very fitting is this would this be the correct usage of the term apropos? Mm. Yeah, I'm not too versed with that word, but I'm gonna <laughs> say that's right and then hope I'm not wrong. And everyone listening is going, God, what a what a loser! Okay. All right, so to me and cheers, cheers. King. Well, even though we only had a few moments in the first round where we actually had to take sips, I was sipping the whole time, so my beer is gone, which means I need a refill For because. Sure. I need plenty of beer for the next segment because I got something for you. Woo! Okay. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back, guys. And if you're drinking with us, make sure you got plenty of drink because it's time for round two. All right, guys. Welcome back. I hope you have some fresh drinks because it's time for an end of episode encounter. But before I begin, <laughs> Lily has to spin that wheel. I have to spin your side of the wheel, which is called Take a Spin on a UFO. All right, here we go. So mine just straight up says UFO. Well, that's <laughs> super lucky. So in case you're concerned or, or confused at home, we have a lot of different things. Like I do paranormal and supernatural stuff but it doesn't always have physical ufos right. in it. it might just have like aliens or something like that this has absolutely lots of Ooh. ufos in it so you gotta take a shot oh lord hell we go here we go okay i'm good i'm good now so today i'm gonna tell you about the kenneth arnold ufo sighting kenneth arnold apparently it's a big one once again i realized how little i know about the world of ufos because this is considered one of the most famous but i have never heard it i'm not gonna lie that actually sounds familiar well this is the sighting that many credit with popularizing the term flying saucer to describe ufos that's cool although there is some debate to this fact this was definitely the first widespread and highly publicized incident with those terms being used in the story. Okay. 
So some people argue whether or not it had been used before, but it was unquestionably used within this story. Like either way. Uh, in the news yeah. reports and everything. So yeah. So this occurred on June 24th, 1947. Now for context. <laughs> that means it was one month before Roswell. Okay, I definitely know this story. So Roswell's in July. Yeah. And Roswell now has broadly eclipsed this incident in terms of fame and general awareness. Mm-hmm. Now, this, amongst apparently amongst UFO enthusiasts and skeptics, is incredibly well known. But to the general public, everyone just is like, oh, I know Roswell. But yeah. you say Kenneth Arnold, the UFO sighting, people are like, well, what's that? <laughs> so, but this sighting is actually way more interesting to me than the Roswell. I, I mean, I probably at some point will do a Roswell episode in the future. Maybe. I have to find some way to make it interesting. It's kind of like, knows it. It's kind of like the Bigfoot. You're like, yeah. you're going to talk about something I already really, really know. Right, oh, right, right. If I can find something interesting about it, I want to talk about. But yeah, yeah. so. But, uh, but I digress. Anyway, once again, this occurred on June 24th, 1947. Mm-hmm. And it happened in the skies above Mount Rainier in Washington. It should be noted, just to get this out of the way, on this day, the skies were clear and there was a very, very low wind. Mm-hmm. So it was a good, beautiful, nice, simple day. Good, good. Kenneth Arnold was a pilot flying a Cal Air A2, which I'm not a plane guy, so I had to look it up. That's a small two or three seat propeller aircraft. We're still talking, you know, just after World War II, you know. Yeah. So it's a pretty small, very small plane. Uh, he was on a business trip. He was flying on a business trip. But Mm -hmm. while he was flying, he decided to take a slight detour in his flight to get closer to Mount Rainier. He had just heard that there was a $5,000 reward for anyone who could locate the wreckage of a Marine Corps C-46 plane that had crashed in the area recently. Oh, wow. And this is 1947. $5,000, that was a lot of money. I do not have the calculation here, but let's just say lots of money. I mean, I wouldn't mine five thousand dollars now so so, (laughs) just kidding but no you're right i I know it's more yeah so plane had had gone down and the military had no idea where it was Mm -hmm. so they're paying people hey if you if you can find it we'll give you a reward so he he figured he'd give it a shot he made an effort to locate it but after a while he abandoned the search without having finding anything this was around three in the afternoon it was then that he began to resume his course towards yakima and something bizarre happened. He began to see bright flashes of light. At first it was just one, but eventually became a series of them at a distance that he estimated to be about 20 to 25 miles from him. One of his first assumptions was that they were reflections of his own aircraft windows. He quickly ruled this out with multiple tests, the most conclusive of which was simply rolling down his window, taking off his glasses and looking out the window directly (laughs) at the object. Yeah. I was like, and, literally, there's no window. And at this <laughs> point, he window. was viewing the flashes continually, and he was uh, unobstructed. He determined the reflections were coming from flying objects. He mentioned that they flew in a long chain similar to an echelon formation, which means kind of in a diagonal line, mm. and that they were spaced out over a distance of what he assumed was about five miles. They would also weave from side to side, so they weren't going directly so how straight. Many, how many did he estimate to see? Two or how many lights or rather flashes? Uh, so this is actually a good question. And from the different reports I was reading, some things didn't mention a number. The most common number was nine. Holy. Okay. Um, but there were some reports that said more. There were some that said less. 
they but most either said, didn't give a number or they said nine. Yeah, because I was curious. Nine common number. Okay, cool. Okay. But I don't have any direct quotes from him saying nine, so I'm just that's why I wanted to preface all that information. Okay. Okay. Um. So the bright flashes and apparent speed that he that he saw these things traveling would rule out things like a flock of geese, which was something he initially made of thought. At the time, he assumed it was some type of new plane or jet being tested by the military. Mm -hmm. As he flew closer, he saw them cross in front of the snow-covered top of Mount Rainier, where he got a better view of their shape. They apparently flipped around and moved unpredictably. At certain angles, they were very dark against the snow, but as they changed their orientation, they would flash a bright metallic reflection. A few of the reports suggested he saw nine bright Mm -hmm. lights. Other reports, different numbers. Now, all the different reports through the years have changed exactly how he described their shape, but many early reports suggested that he used the words saucer, half moon, and pie pan. Later reports mentioned only that he said they were convex, but one of the objects was crescent-shaped. He also mentioned that as they moved around, they looked incredibly thin, so much so that they would almost disappear at some moments. Ooh. Yeah. He estimated the objects were very large, as he could make details out despite their noticeable distance from him. He described them as being around 60 feet or 18 meters across. Mm-hmm. He timed their transition between Mount Rainier and Mount Adams, and it took a minute 42 to go roughly the 50 miles or 80 kilometers between the peaks. He later calculated that their speed would have been conservatively at least 1,200 miles an hour, which is far faster in 1947 than any known manned aircraft could go. Well over twice as fast. In fact, arguably almost three times as fast. Yeah. 1,200 miles an hour is faster than the speed of sound. And we hadn't broken the sound barrier yet. At least, you know publicly right yeah. um i hate saying that because i'm pretty sure chuck yeager was the first but i mean like let's just pretend the military had done it before sure sure arnold described the scene as giving him an eerie feeling was he quote, on Pavelia island because <laughs> you get eerie feelings on that too <laughs> right but he described it as a quote eerie feeling end quote he also suspected that it might have been military test flights it should also be noted that arnold was considered well-spoken and intelligent historian mike dash said quote Arnold had the makings of a reliable witness. He was a respected businessman and experienced pilot and seemed to be neither exaggerating what he had seen nor Mm -hmm. adding sensational details to his report. He also gave the impression of being a careful observer. These details impressed the newspapermen who interviewed him and lent credibility to his report, end quote. The media had a field day with his report, citing the supersonic speed as being one of the more intriguing elements of the story. However reporters who directly interviewed Arnold were often considerably less skeptical after talking to him. Hmm. After reports began to emerge, Arnold mentioned how chaotic his life became, even saying, quote, I haven't had a moment of peace since I first told the story, end quote. Opinions on him ranged widely, and people would bother him about it all the time. Many people thought he was crazy, but the people who believed him were just as bad. He was harassed, berated, and never left alone. At one point, that even... sucks. No, I mean, it's so bad. Isn't yeah, it? I can kind of see like it's weird because you can go both ways. I think people want to say things because they love the attention. Absolutely. But how do you not tell someone, right? Like if something like that happened, so it's kind of a 
When I get a the, hard situation to be in. When I get the vibe, he was telling the story because he thought the story needed to be told, not right. because he wanted attention. Exactly. Um, but that sucks because it kind of felt like they had he had to prove himself exactly. over and over again. I don't know. I'm sorry. Like but, I just I didn't want to go on this tangent, but like no, no, I just, no. It's, it's, a, it's a good tangent, but it yeah. it even gets worse because it also brought out the nutsos. Okay. <laughs> At one point, a preacher called him to tell him what he saw Uh-oh. were the harbingers of an impending doomsday. Oh, good. He's like, yeah, this is like this whole religious thing. Which was it 2012? Because wasn't it 2012 <laughs> what that was supposed to be like? A... I think I think the world's been predicted to end by a lot of different people believing I think the, religious things a lot. Right. The Mayan one I thought was 2012. That's what I mean. Like I was trying to think of that was like a really big one. Yeah. But Arnold has gone on record saying he hopes. That what he saw was mm-hmm. just devices from the U.S. military. Hopes. That was very specifically sure. said. Hopes. But he also acknowledges that if they weren't military craft, that he does believe they were extraterrestrial. He also stated that he brings a film camera with him from now on and every flight in the hopes of capturing what he saw. One particularly interesting thing Arnold mentioned in the years that followed was that various Army pilots mentioned to him that they were formally briefed that they might see things not unlike what Arnold saw when they were in the sky. I'm not sure if... Yeah, no, exactly. I'm not sure if this was to suggest that the Army either knew what it was Mm -hmm. or didn't know what they were, but were at least aware that these things were in the sky. What makes this story even better, though, is that there's a significant amount of corroboration to his story. Okay. On the very same day, at around the same time, a prospector named Fred Johnson claims to have seen at least six of these objects Arnold saw. Johnson was actually on Mount Adams, one of the mounds Arnold used to gauge the speed of the aircraft as they went between the two. Johnson witnessed the flying objects through a telescope. He described them as round, oval-shaped, and tapered to a point. He also mentioned the objects... Oh, like almost crescent, right? Right. Exactly. He also mentioned that the objects had an effect on his compass. A little weird. All right. Well, here we go. Army Air Force. Now, this was before the Air Force went off into its own branch. So at this time, it was still the Army Air Force. Oh, okay. Um, intelligence interviewed him and decreed him not only to be credible, but his observations worthy of documenting. His report, Johnson's report, is actually the first unexplained UFO in official Air Force files. <gasps> it is officially in the Air Force files. The yes. First documented, they don't know what it was, but they right. admit like the they believe true, they believe something he saw. The something. true definition of a UFO, they just don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. About an hour and a half before Arnold's sightings, L.G. Bernier claims he saw three strange objects flying in a similar formation. He claims that they were flying towards Mount Rainier and that they were moving faster than a P-38 plane. So he noticed they were fast. Mm-hmm. This was before uh, Arnold's witnessing, and they were heading to, in the same direction as Arnold. So, who was reported it first? Was it Arnold or was it? A lot of these people, their reports came days later or with letters or everything like that. Okay. The the first acknowledged one was from Arnold. Oh, yes. okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Okay. A woman named Ethel Wheelhouse also reported seeing similar. Ethel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. Such a vintage. Name. I love that name. But yeah, so Ethel Wheelhouse also reported seeing similar phenomena around the same time as Arnold. And even a member of the State Forest Service witnessed seeing those flashes at the same time and date as Arnold. He also corroborated that the flashes were moving in a straight line. The U.S. military formally denied having any planes in the Mount Rainier area during the times of these sightings. Mm. So right here, 
we have a bunch of people who all saw something weird around the same time, and they all seem to be very similar things. And the U.S. Army Air Force at the time wrote a lot of these reports down, acknowledged them, said that there weren't anything. This is pretty interesting. Yeah. So what explanations do we have? Get ready for the fun ones. Okay. <laughs> the skeptical explanations have ranged from being a mirage. Of Jupiter? <laughs> and that Arnold miscalculated their speed because it wasn't actually real. He was seeing a mirage. Oh, man. It has also been suggested that what he saw were meteors. I have difficulty with this because there wasn't even a trail, and the light from meteors is rarely a strobing or flashing, but rather a bright glow as it burns up and then the glow fades away. I mean, we talked about that story yeah, yeah. Uh, just the other day about the planes and the, and the meteors. It just doesn't sound like a meteor to me. No trails. They didn't have like... No. He, he got close enough. He could see the trail. One of the witnesses you said, or like the person that saw these things, did say it was linear, but that could have been perspective. Yeah. Well, um, they all pretty much said it was kind of like a linear angle, but they would still like weave in and Right. Out. That's what I was going to say. Uh, meteors do not weave. Me- okay. <laughs> None of the meteors I've seen are weaving. Or this meteor weaved to the left this no, time. No, absolutely. Like, no, I... No, that doesn't happen. Now, I like this explanation. <laughs> it was suggested by some that it was a formation of pelicans. Oh, here this we go. This was seen as being more credible than geese because not only are pelicans much larger than geese, mm-hmm. but allegedly their undersides can reflect light. I'm going to take their. I'm going to take credit for this. I was I, like, going to say also. Um, they do have the kind of wingspan where it is kind of crescent right, looking right. too, if you really see it. Yeah, and they're huge. I mean. I mean, right, these are huge right. birds. But I don't know how much light their stomachs can reflect to be, like, super <laughs> Flashing. bright. Flashing, yeah. Um, I don't know. But it, this would also suggest that the speed estimation that Arnold calculated was also wrong. Mm-hmm. So it, all every one of these explanations has to dismiss one element of Arnold's story. And, and that, I, that, that is possible. Maybe he did make a mistake, which is right. totally fair. And I get it. Like, I feel like, okay... I also have to give him credit because he is a pilot. And I feel like, again, he's kind of the perspective of an actual pilot. Mm-hmm. He would understand what speed looks like he in knows the air. This, yeah. Right. Like, he's like, okay, this is something that. This isn't his first rodeo. Right. I can only assume because this is the kind of knowledge I hope they have. And so, and I think they do. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. And it makes me sad that there are, there are no real good explanations that acknowledge everything that he said. They always had to say, oh, he was wrong about this or this, because then everything else is explained. Right. Here's a really good one. Mm. It was also suggested that he saw snow clouds that were blown off the mountains. So they just... wouldn't move fast, so he his calculation have to be wrong, but it also ignores the fact that it was a clear day with very light winds. But, you know. Well. They just want it to explain. Sure. <laughs> Initially, the Army Air Force intelligence suggested maybe it was a guided missile, which is weird to me because if they said there were none of their planes in the area, why would they say a guided missile? Right. However, they didn't hold on to this explanation much because the official Army Air Force intelligence conclusion, meaning, and by conclusion, I mean what they made public. Right. Okay. Was that Arnold saw a mirage. However... Despite this public statement, the Army, Air Force, and FBI jointly investigated Arnold's and various other credible reports. This resulted in several high-profile military officials to acknowledge that something was indeed flying around, but they don't know what it was. Mm. This is this also led to the formation of Project Sign in 1947, which is the first publicly acknowledged U.S. Air Force UFO investigation. 
I want to keep talking about that, but I'm yeah. leaving it to another episode because that's a big thing. Okay. And we're going to go into that stuff eventually. But this report led to the Air Force forming a group to deal with the fact that there are things in the sky and they don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So those are skeptical explanations. What's the other explanation? Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> but, I mean, so could it be aliens? If if everyone, let's say everyone is telling the truth. Sure. If everyone is telling the truth, it definitely means there were things in the sky and they were moving at extreme speeds mm-hmm. and they resemble no known aircraft. And this was in 1947, which would mean either incredible impressive military tests that have not seen fruition in terms of deployed or used space uh, or space or like it, aerial it wasn't aircraft. something experimental that it was eventually used exactly like we don't we still don't have that yeah whatever description so, yeah. so either we've decided to keep it under wraps for this 70 entire years still, now yeah or they or they saw aliens yep <laughs> now this is this actually leads me to the finale the most important part i actually think this is what got me really interested is this happened right before roswell and right around this time there was a huge influx of ufo sightings Mm. after this sighting over 800 ufo sightings were reported that year to newspapers and other official institutions they were all for similar flying discs the quality of the witnesses reports did range wildly though so what is happening? Why are there so many reports? Mm-hmm. Were there honestly a bunch of UFOs showing up all of a sudden? Ufologists believe the close time frame of the event, Roswell, and many other high-profile sightings were an indicator of increased UFO activity as modernization and technological advances pushed us further. Many argue, many of these same UFOlogists argue that our use of the atomic bomb just two years earlier was an indicator of our technological shift on Mm. this planet. And it brought us to the attention of other species. They came because Mm. we had made some major breakthrough Mm -hmm. just two years before. And they're just trying to see what we got. Got to find out what's going on, right? Yeah. Like, damn these apes. (laughs) I don't know if I would buy that, but it's a very interesting thought. Because even us humans... We consider the development and deployment of, of nuclear weapons as one of the most important and significant events in our history. Right. So if we see it that way, it wouldn't be so weird to assume that another species might as well. I mean, well. we get nosy on other countries and what they're up to. <laughs> right, so right. if a species that is far more advanced are like, something's Uh-oh. going on over here. I just want to make sure everything's good. <laughs> Looks like Steve found the big stick. Let's go yeah. see if he knows how to use it. Yeah, it's like, nope. But if we go back to it, skeptics don't buy this argument. And they offer alternative explanations. The most general explanation has to do with the very idea of the UFO becoming a known concept to the general population. Weird stuff has always happened, and people attempt to explain them within different contexts. As Mm. we discussed in the Nuremberg sightings, you know, five, six hundred years ago, many of the explanations took a religious tone. But explanations extend outside of religion for many other phenomenon. Supernatural explanations were and still are very prominent. By the late 19th and early 20th centuries, though, aliens and spaceships began to show up in tons of fictional entertainment. Books, comics, pulp magazines, even radio plays such as the famous War of the Worlds. 
brought these ideas to the masses. It only makes sense that some people would just start to rationalize that the things they see and was can't explain right. would be UFOs and aliens. It just became a new thing to explain weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas 500 years ago, people might just say, So of I saw, those 800 yeah. reports, some could have been birds. Some could have been this or Absolutely. that. It could have been a plane. And they were like, Maybe it's an alien. I, You know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, a guy who researches really heavily and has been collecting the reports. I forget his name. I didn't I didn't go too much into him at the time. He's the one who went through over these over 800 reports, and he found that 200 of them were worth looking at. Oh. That's still a lot. That's a lot, a lot. Yeah, he said, you know, the other 600 were probably I mean, granted, 600, nothing. the fact that those are not BS, but, like, not noteworthy is but concerning. But 200 in a year. It's like almost one That's a day. That's still a lot. Yeah. So. Those are 200 stories for you. No, I'm, just right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But in addition to this, skeptics also acknowledge that technological advances are probably actually to blame. Except they explain it differently than ufologists. Instead of our advancements being a beacon for alien visitors, skeptics argue that our advancements have fundamentally changed not only what is in our world, but how we see it. We have only been flying for about a century, so it is fair to say that it's still a relatively new thing for humanity, unnatural even. That means that we now have flying and relatively unnatural objects flying in the skies all around us. Mm -hmm. So from the ground, this makes it super easy for people to see weird things that our ancestors would have never seen. But this is also true for people who are in the sky flying themselves. Their perspective of the world is different. So seeing phenomena that isn't super common will will still appear incredibly mysterious, even if maybe it isn't. On a previous episode, we talked about how a commercial airliner may have actually seen a meteorite breaking up and falling into the atmosphere. Not only is having a bright meteorite that can be seen during the day uncommon, but also seeing it from miles above the surface while flying is even more uncommon. Right, yeah. And, and so, especially during the daytime. No, perhaps. absolutely. But I think the thing is, the story sounds really creepy. And I'm like, wow, everything that I'm hearing from these people does sound like aliens. Yeah. But at the same time, there is that idea that, especially this early, I'm sure these people saw something. Mm-hmm. I believe there's no way this many people saw weird stuff happening and it wasn't something. I just don't know what it was. Could it be aliens? Could it be military craft? Could it be something else? Because, like they said, even though we, all of us listening to this, grew up in a world where there were planes, you know, in general, if I look up in the sky, I don't see anything. Right. And when you see something, you you just assume, well, it has to be a plane. But sometimes you'll get something that looks a little funny, and you have to wait until, <laughs> oh, it is a plane. I just needed it to bank or to move into a certain position. Or you need now to see I can that, tell like, it's a plane. little flashing light that they all have, uh-huh. and you're like, definitely a plane okay good so i want to approach cautiously but i have to say this is one of the more interesting incredible things that i've read and i'm like wow these are the kinds of stories i like because they make me wonder mm-hmm. maybe they saw aliens i still think it's probably the or so, military uh, well but could be could be but what about you what do you think i think it's aliens <laughs> do you really i okay really 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 I think maybe. Okay. I think it could be something weird. Maybe if it was anything, I feel like it would have have to been military. Mm-hmm. But I think it would have been too much for them at the time. Like, And that, I think, is fair to say. Yeah. What do you think about the idea 
that it was a bunch of aliens showing up. And, I mean, it takes a little while because they're going long distances. Because <laughs> all of a sudden they detected our use of atomic power. The atomic. Uh, well. What do you think of that idea? I think it's a really fun idea. I think it'd make, like, a kick-ass movie. Right. It sounds like a sci-fi movie. Yeah. But I don't know if it's, like, that reason. Right. I, it could have been a coincidence. It could have been all of it. I don't know. But if that is the reason... I want to watch that movie. <laughs> it does sound like a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I buy that one either, but it's an interesting idea. It totally sounds like the beginning of like a Michael Bay movie or something. It <laughs> Michael Bay. Aliens a detected lot of the use aliens. of uh, our nuclear weapons in 1945, and it only took them two years to come here and Sorry, start infiltrating our planet. Just kidding. Yeah, le boo boo. <laughs> um, so honestly, I mean, no one's abducted and people aren't murdered, but did you find this story? Did you find it scary? I mean, it's really hard for me to say no because all of it is scary to me. Uh, but was this particularly... Okay. Um, I wouldn't say scary, but definitely fascinating because no one was hurt. No one... Um, they're mostly sighting. So I think if someone actually got abducted, I would have been <laughs> like, oh, hell no. So, so no shot for you? No actual scare, but definitely okay. unease, if that okay. makes sense. Maybe half That's shot. fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm with you too. I don't think th- nothing scary happened. Oh, right. There's mystery, so. and I guess if you're scared of mystery, it's scary. But right, because you don't know what's really happening. Yeah, you're no like, one was That's shot creepy, down, but... unless that one plane he was looking for for the. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. See, that's the other part of the movie we didn't talk about. Right, <laughs> the movie. <Yeah. laughs> this movie we're making up. Oh yeah, like the missing plane that he had. There was like down. an award for, right? Like, yeah. The, yeah. So, what if it was like carrying an even bigger bomb device and the aliens had to shoot it down and they were just making sure it was like completely destroyed? Or it was an alien craft and they're like, uh, if you find it, let a government know. <laughs> <laughs> let us know, please. Because we like have super top seat. See, that's another reason that I have trouble believing that it was um, the military doing secret tests because. They put up a reward because they had trouble finding their own plane. Why would they be testing super secret stuff and tell people, please, we'll pay you $5,000 to come in this area and look? Because we don't even know where it is. And yeah, unless unless those special ships were out looking for it, too. Or they were like, let's see if people can see our super snazzy craft. But all those sound really (laughs) gloaty and not real. Not very government. like. Yeah, the fact that they were paying someone to go out there, I'm like, "Mm." That puts a real damper on the idea that it was military tests. Yeah. Just saying. For sure. But maybe they just needed plausible deniability. Possibly, uh-huh. yeah. I guess that makes sense. But either way, that brings us to the end of my end of episode encounter. encounter, encounter. <laughs> so that's Hooray. what I got for you. That was a really good Sorry. I and have heard of it. We're going to talk about it. I heard later. about that. I remember the area. I remember the name. I didn't know there were like 800 sightings that year or something like that. But I there were more than I didn't want to write them all specifically sure. down because it was like one guy who was compiling wow. all of them. Yeah, no, totally. And um, and I did know about it. And I the only reason why I remember is because when you said it was a year before Roswell, and I'm like, I know this story because I remember thinking not a year, a month. Oh, oh, sorry, a month. I don't know yeah. I said a year. Yeah, a month before Roswell. And I'm like, that's interesting because, um, granted, the idea of UFOs was not foreign at the time. But at the same time, it wasn't the, It wasn't riding on a hype. Totally. You know, it was like its own thing. So that's really cool. Yeah. Well, we didn't really have any slip-ups during the last half of the story. So no, we did not. So not many drinks. And so what a waste of a beer. What a waste. <laughs> it, I mean, what if, will you if do? only someone could drink this. Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll have yeah. to find some poor soul so indoor but i guess that brings us to a close this week we it did is. another game day so the first the first episode of the month usually we'll try to do the game mm-hmm. it really worked out tonight it was just like a fun thing we did we do and uh yeah and if you guys are able to join us even better if not you can just laugh at us trying to figure out our own rules <laughs> and that's always <laughs> try a good to remember time. them and look oh, at right. our list while we're drinking <laughs> so it's just like something fun we can do um but yeah but thank you for joining us tonight because we had a blast and i hope you guys did too if you guys have any suggestions or uh, topics that you guys want us to talk about please contact us at hotwpodcast at gmail.com obviously we're on social media uh and so if you want to look us up we are around and mm-hmm. you know say hi we like it um yeah i don't have anything else to say yeah, we think. just only that we post new uh new episodes every saturday so yeah, you can catch us every regularly saturday we'll be around um maybe not saturday at midnight but like saturday eventually sometime during the day <laughs> we're still figuring out our yeah. exact process yeah definitely and really appreciate you guys hanging out and we hope that you catch us next episode when you can deal with your work week hangover yeah with more scary stories and good times with us exactly so if you guys find yourself feeling like you need to let your hair down and listen to some scary stories please join us because the best cure for a hangover is fear bye bye